wow, well, my name is Josias, and, um, but I'm used to it, so it's okay. <laughs> it's a great honor for me to be here with you, and um, when the opportunity came, I said, yes, of course, why not? Um, and I'm grateful that you um, have given me the opportunity to come here and share the word with you. So, two things. First, as you may see and hear, I'm not American. <laughs> I am from the Dominican Republic. Some of you maybe do not know where that is, but that's a little island between Puerto Rico and Cuba. And we have next door Haiti. So, um, I've come from that place. So, that means that my English is going to be a little bit weird. <laughs> so, if you, by any chance, hear a word that is incorrectly pronounced, please give me some grace. <laughs> Second, I don't know where you stand in terms of the gifts of the Spirit, but I will urge you to pray for the gift of tongues today so that you can understand what I'm going to say. All right? Okay. So, um, again, it is a great honor for me to be with you today. And um, let us come to God and pray and let him talk to you instead of me. Father, in spite of me, my sins, my mistakes, my sinfulness, these are your people. And they are waiting for you to talk to them. So please use my voice, use my heart, use my mind, so that your message can come to this church and can be fruitful by the power of your spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Come to me, um, with me, sorry, you see? To Acts 4, verses 23 to 31. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. This is the word of the Lord. When they were released... They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard him, when, and when they heard, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign God, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of the father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage? And the peoples plot in vain. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly, in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined, to take place. And now, Lord, look upon your threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness while you stretch your 
but you stretch out your hand to heal in signs and wonders and are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. When I was a kid, there was a TV show that I used to watch in the DR from the United States. It was called The Wonder Years. It is based on the memories of the main character, Kevin Arnold. In the show, the old Kevin Arnold narrates what is happening to the young Kevin Arnold. It was a voice enough. The most famous phrase from this um, TV show was when Kevin said, and then it happened. This phrase set the expectations for the viewers to see exactly what was going to happen. And when we go through this passage, I'm picturing Luke saying, in, in, in voice enough, saying, and then it happened. God answered the prayers of his people. Brothers and sisters, our God is a God that answers. And this answers of God to his people is related to his sovereignty. We must pursue God in prayer, no matter the circumstances. Because he will answer to his people, even in the worst scenario. He will answer, brothers and sisters. We're not talking to the air when we're praying. We're not doing a monologue when we pray. We are talking to God, and he will answer. It doesn't mean that, we, that he will answer according to what I want or according to my plans, but he will surely answer according to his plans. And his plans are the best for us. So, why is this important to us today? Because as a church, we will face adversity. They are at the doorsteps of our lives. We're getting punches from different places, government, people. But God is with us. And we ought to be bold for the sake of the gospel. And we can acquire this boldness through prayer. And that's why this is titled, The Sovereignty of God and the Boldness of His People. We're going to see this in, three, in four movements. The first one is we're going to see the unity of God, of the body of Christ in prayer. We're going to see that from verses 22 to 24. Then we're going to see the sovereignty of God over creation and even the plotting of Christ. Then we're going to see the petition of the body of Christ. And finally, we're going to see the response of God to his people. So, let me give you a little bit of a context to this passage. The context of this story is based on chapter 3, verses 1, up to chapter 4, verses 22. Peter and Paul are being, I'm sorry, Peter and John are being arrested for teaching and preaching the gospel and for a miracle made to a lame man. 
But because there were about 5,000 believers, give or take, the evidence of the hailing that was amazing, then the Jewish council, known as the Sanhedrin, just charged them just not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. That You can see that in verses, um, chapter 4, verses 18. The response to the council was this. Right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God? So, we have this tension of these people of God that are preaching, that are making miracles and being arrested, and they say, you have to not speak anymore about this guy. And they say, are we going to listen to you? Or are we going to listen to God? And this sets the stage for this prayer. And now, come with me to verses 23 and 24 of Acts, 20, of Acts 4. Let's read it again. When they, when they were released, because they were imprisoned, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. Once we set the context, we understand the connection with the first part of verse 23 when it says that they were released because they were imprisoned. So they say in here, Luke says, they lift their voices together. Prayer, brothers and sisters, unified the body of Christ. The body of Christ in this scenario has been threatened. Notice that the response of the Sanhedrin applies not only to Peter and John, but to all believers. If they were not allowed to, to, to preach or teach, anybody else cannot do that either. However, the first thing that they did as the body of Christ was not to make a plan. Let's do a plan to identify another place. They didn't do that. They didn't say, okay, let's be more quiet. Let's use social media. Let's just be underground. They didn't do that. Not that I'm against plans. They say, let us pray. How many times, brothers and sisters, when we face adversity, we come and say, let us pray. This is a, this is a voice of warning to us. Let us pray, brothers and sisters. And let me give you an illustration. I remember um, one of the moments that was really interesting. My father, when he was a man of God, and every time we had a, like a deep conversation, we always finished saying, he's saying, not me, him, saying, son, let us pray. And there was a time in which I got an accident. I was rolled over by a car and my dad was in Puerto Rico. He was um, doing some business thing. So he was coming back that day when I was rolled out. And when he comes back, my father had asthma. And one of the things that um, I was really bad, like really bad. So when he was coming that day, the whole neighborhood in the DR, we are very friendly, were in the house. Everybody was like crowded. And my dad comes in. And he sees all these commotions, and he just got into the house quietly, 
saw everybody. He saw me. And he said to me two things. God is in the same place. He has not moved. Let us pray. And the room went quiet. Believers and non-believers started to pray. Picture that. Believers and non-believers started to pray because this guy said, God is the same place. He has not moved. In other words, he's still in control of every single thing in the earth. Let us pray. Brothers, let us pray. In every circumstances, let us pray. Let us unify our hearts, our minds, and say, Brother, sister, it's hard. It's difficult. Let us pray. We are not supposed to go to our wallets first. We're not supposed to go to the government first. We are supposed to pray. Brothers and sisters, let us pray. Because God is the almighty God. Do you understand the word almighty? Do you understand that almighty is that nothing is impossible for this guy? Nothing is impossible to this guy. And this guy is on your side. Nations have to bow before him. Presidents, businessmen, they have to say, I'm not enough. Because we have the almighty God. Brothers and sisters, let us pray. And once they realize that they have to pray, they come to the second motion of this chapter. It's the Lord's sovereignty over everything. And specifically, the text says, he's sovereign over creation and the plotting of Christ. Come with me to verse 24. It says, when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord. Not only this guy is all-powerful. Sovereign means he do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, and no one can stop him. Do you understand that? That if he says he's going to be risen from the dead, ain't nobody's going to say otherwise. He's saying that he's coming back. And if he's saying that he's coming back, believe me, he will come back. Sovereign God, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in it. There's a funny thing we have the Mars rover in Mars. We have different things on space, but still we cannot conquer the sea. We only can go like 11 kilometers down the sea. And this God, your God, created every single thing on the sea. And they say, This God is sovereign because he created everything. God is sovereign over everything that exists. 
He created everything. Psalm 97.1 says, The Lord reigns. Say it with me. The Lord reigns. Did you hear that? The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Psalm 146, 5 and 6 says, Blessed, blessed is he who helped is the God of Jacob, who hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth and all that is in them. You are on the winning team. I know if you follow NBA, but you got LeBron and Michael Jordan in your team. And Stephen Curry is shooting for you. Although they lost, but it's okay. But you got the goats with you. And if you have LeBron James and Michael Jordan, do you think that you're going to lose? And if this is on the NBA, you got the goatest of the goatest. Our God, the greatest of all time, is in your side. Brothers and sisters, let us pray. Let that sink in your mind. Let us pray. And not only he's in control of everything that happens in the world. God has a plan. Verses 25 to 28. Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, against the anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand. Did you see that? So, Herod, Pontius Pilate, and anybody who said, kill him, God plotted that too. So there was no surprise. Oh my God, he's going to be crucified. No. He was in control because this was predestined to take place. Tony Merida says in, that in, in this case is quoted in Psalm 22, 1 and 2. Says the church reminded itself of God's sovereignty and providence over all history. There's nothing new for our God. He knew about COVID. He knew about Hitler. He knew about everything else. And he's in your team. Brothers and sisters, our God is sovereign. And he will fulfill his plan. It will take place. That means that you can trust him. That we can come to him in prayer, trusting that he's in control and aware of every single situation. And he will answer your prayers. So he knows about your sickness. He knows about that time that you had financial struggles. He knows about that time that that kid that you loved was straight. He knows about that. He knows that your pastor is going to go on mission. He knows that. Do you think that he's not in control of that? You think that Corinth is going to collapse? No. 
Do you know why? Because our God is sovereign. Therefore, let us pray. And now we see the petition of the body of Christ. We have seen how, let us pray at the beginning, God is sovereign, the second place. Now we see what's going to be the actual petition. Because like the first part is like basically praising God. Now why are they asking? Praying time continues with them. And the body of Christ, knowing that he's sovereign, and that he has planned and predestined everything that has to happen, they ask for boldness and miracles. They start asking God to give them the courage to align themselves with the plans of the Lord and that they can measure up to their circumstances when they face adversity. Come with me to verses 29 and 30. They say, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders and perform through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. How is this boldness seen in the lives of the believers? The boldness is seen when you speak God's word. God is not taking us, God is not asking us to move mountains. God is not asking us to become presidents or become majors or governors or superstars or whatever. He's not asking us that. He's saying, proclaim my truth. Proclaim the gospel. Speak the word of God. You know why? Because Romans ten seventeen says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. People will not come out of the blue to the church. We are here to proclaim the gospel so that they can come to us. But at the same time, they ask for God to do wonders. And this is interesting because normally we don't ask for that. Sometimes we might wonder why we don't see more people healing or miracles or everything else. And the answer might be that we're not asking like these people are asking. It's important to note that I'm not saying that you have to make miracles and now you will have a revival superstar service when people are coming and be healed, even though that will be super great and cool. Because this one, as you can see, is the hand of God working. It's a miracle, it's an act of God. But let's ask for it. Why not? Are you saying to me that the Almighty God cannot heal a person? He created the world in six days. He cannot fix cancer. He closed the heavens in Elijah's time to not rain, and he's not going to be able to grow a hen, which is super weird, but yeah. But he can do that. So let's ask him for that. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm not saying that you have the gift. I'm not saying that every time you're going to touch someone, it's going to be healed. I'm not saying that. All that I'm saying is that these people ask for miracles. You should too. Because our God is omnipotent. Do you know what that word means? 
This means that our God has all the power that is required to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants it. Let's go to verse 30, when it says, While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant. So there's a correlation in here in terms of prayer for boldness and miracles. Brothers and sisters, let our petition to God to be for boldness in proclaiming the gospel. We have one mission, plain and simple, make disciples. And the only way to make disciples is to proclaim the gospel. Adversity will come. Government rules will come. Wars will come. But we must ask God to be bold. And we must ask God to do wonders. And wonders not necessarily means that you have to heal everybody. Wonders might be that that person who is an atheist come to Christ. That's wonder. That a whole family is in the house of God. That's a wonder. So don't limit yourself to thunders and, and storms. Because those, those are miracles. And it's amazing. But even in Jesus' time, people didn't, did, did not believe because of the, of the miracles. Some of them believed, some of them did not. But what is the greatest miracle of all time? A heart that comes to Christ, recognizing this is my Lord. Now we're going to see the last part. And I want you to go back to the TV show, The Wonder Years. And now I want you to listen to Luke's saying, and then it happened. God answered their prayer. Acts uh, 4.31 says, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. See the way that God responded? They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were given boldness. Something that they will use later on in verse 5.17 when they were again in prison because of this guy. And they say, we must obey God rather than men. So, there's no discussion here. You can take us in as many times as you want to because we are not going to stop. And we are filled. So, do whatever you want. We are filled. Are you filled? We are bold right now. We're going to proclaim this gospel because our lives are devoted to the almighty God, sovereign God who created the heavens and the earth, who created Jupiter, who created Mars, who created the stars. That guy is in our side. Who do you have? I got the emperor. Good luck. 2,000 years has passed, and we're still here. Roman Empire, 
gone. Greek Empire, gone. We are still here. So I'm thinking that we have pretty good odds against anybody else. Brothers and sisters, God is faithful. He's faithful to his word, and he will give us boldness that we need to proclaim the gospel. Let me finish with this. I have an application for you. First of all, let us pray together. Sometimes we have this idea that praise only by myself on the room, and that's part of it. But we can see, according to this text, that we ought to gather together here. Or a house. Then you can have a meal, which is good. But before the meal, let us pray. Let us pray for Brother Sam, for Sister Joan. Let us pray for the church. Let us pray for the... Let us pray. Second, let us trust in God. And third, let us wait for his response. So, I have an invitation for you. If you are not in Christ, know that the proclamation of this message is for you. We want you to come to Christ. And it's the simplest message in the world. You are a sinner, but you have the option for salvation. This salvation comes with Christ. So come to Christ, and you will experience the Almighty God talking to you. Come to Christ, repent from your sins, and you shall be saved. And if you are in Christ, trust in the Lord and ask him to give you boldness to proclaim the truth of this gospel. Let us pray, brothers and sisters. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. We recognize that we ask for things that are sometimes stupid. Sometimes our egos take over and we ask for things that are not according to your plan. We are sorry for that. But we want to, as a church, come to you in prayer, ask you for boldness, ask you for miracles. And that's what I'm asking right now, God. Let Corinth Baptist Church in Sebulon be bold to proclaim your gospel. Let the fire in every heart of this church to be led by you, by your Holy Spirit, so that they can proclaim the gospel and perform, God, miracles that they can exalt you and can give the people understanding of your power. But the greatest miracles that we want to see is people coming to Christ so that one day, the day that you have selected to come to us, every need, including them, shall bow before you.